Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where inspiring stories are brought to life. This podcast is made possible by Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. I'm your host, Dr. Drew Flam. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have the gentleman behind Cable Bullet, Dan and Chris, both Grace alums, both uh, men who have been engaged with Grace for a long time, and both born in different countries. And so we're going to hear all of that today on the Grace Story Podcast. So, uh, Dan, I'm going to start with you. Um, and I want to hear a little bit of your story of uh, where you're from and how you how you got to Grace College as a student. Sure. Uh, thanks for having us. Um, I grew up in Brazil, South America. Uh, my parents were missionaries there with uh, what is now Ethnos 360 at the time. It was called New Tribes Mission. Sure. They were teachers uh, at an MK school. So I grew up on a school base uh, on the banks of the Amazon River. Uh, just a, about a couple hour boat ride downriver from the city of Manaus. Um, about a thousand miles of jungle in every direction. Wow. <laughs> um, I grew up there until I was 18, was born and raised there. Um, came back to the U.S. to a Bible school. Uh, run by New Tribes up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, after graduating from there, uh, I realized I really wanted to pursue um, more education, specifically science and um, secondary education. So I was looking around for a school um, that would teach. I had a good science program and a good education program and also was a liberal arts school. That was something that was important to me at the time. So kind of Christian college with a, a liberal arts college with a good science and education program. Why the liberal arts part? I mean, I get the other two, but that's, you know, why, why was that important? Yeah. Um, that w- was always just something that I was passionate about. Even uh, growing up, uh, the school I went to, even though it was a small, you know, missionary school in the Amazon jungle, the staff there did a great job of doing everything they could to bring uh, a, a whole education experience. So they had us involved in choir, in drama, in um, athletics, uh, shop classes, art classes, photography. They would bring in everything they could to, to create just a, a whole education experience across all disciplines. So um, I found that that kind of stimulated just a curiosity about a lot of things. Mm. And uh, so there was an attraction there to a liberal arts education because you get to explore a lot of things. <laughs> and, and we'll get to that curiosity so, part here yeah. again in the story a little mm-hmm. bit later on. And uh, while here you met your your wife here, mm-hmm. right, as well? I did. And yep. she's um, n- not uh, – well, she was from Austria, is that correct? correct? Okay. Missionary it, yes. kid as well? All so, right. So her parents were missionaries um, with Child Evangelism Fellowship. So it's kind of funny. We always joke because I was swinging on vines in the jungle <laughs> while she was transiting Vienna, a city of 1.2 million on subways and going to you know public schools and all that. So we, we had very different physical experiences growing up, um, but we had a lot of common um, – spiritual and um, sort of philosophical mm-hmm. uh, connection, 
Gotcha. So, yeah. And uh, keeping with the theme of missionary kid from a different country, you grew up in Germany, right, Chris? Correct. Yep. Okay. And tell us a little bit about your family background and how you got to Grace College. Yeah. So my parents were missionaries as well uh, with then GBIM, now Encompass. Yes. And I was born in Stuttgart, uh, south of Germany and raised in a town about a smaller town about 30 minutes outside of Stuttgart uh, called Schwäbischgmünd and say that again Schwäbischgmünd wow okay I try that yeah. one five times fast <laughs> yeah and so um, I came to Grace on the heels of um, really good friends growing up the Pappases also missionary kids so there was uh, my parents went to Grace met at Grace so it was familiar enough and had a graphic design program that I was really interested in. Didn't require portfolio for entry, so that was a big, uh, big plus since I didn't have any uh, formal uh, training or a portfolio at that point. So uh, came to Grace in, I think it was 2001. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how I ended up in beta. And oh, beta. Okay, there we go. And did you <laughs> do you have the beta experience in common? I, I didn't because I transferred in. Uh, okay. I already had two years of college uh, elsewhere, so I transferred in and went straight to Gamma C at the oh, time, which right. was wow. a yeah, upgrade. Yeah. Upgrade. All right. Yeah, was the upgrade. Um, why graphic design? You kind of mentioned not having a portfolio, so it wasn't something you were doing necessarily a lot of previously. So, what drew you towards design? Yeah. That's a good question. I'm trying to remember back. I think, I know I had two or three really good friends that I went to school with that were all, they all ended up going into some sort of a design or illustration related field. So I had close friends that did that. It was very interesting to me. At the time, if I'm remembering correctly, I actually wanted to be an illustrator for Disney. That was kind of the end, uh, end goal there. So I did double major in illustration and graphic design. Okay. But as I got into it, the graphic design was more interesting to me. Uh, turns out it's not as difficult to make money as a designer um, compared to what an illustrator I would have to do. I also was a better designer than I was illustrator, so it made sense. Well, let's get into the uh, cable bullet story a little bit. And um, uh, thanks for wearing the shirt and, and repping over there, Dan. That's, uh, like Chris has talked to me about getting a tattoo. It's, it's the cable bullet tattoo to go nope. on the other arm, maybe? No? What if you have a rebrand? Uh. <laughs> yeah, what if you rebrand? Um, so, it's painful, right? It's yes. too permanent. Way too permanent. <laughs> you, you mentioned kind of just sort of having this I don't know, creative drive like problem solving sort of mentality and that's even what interested you in the liberal arts is the, the broadness of it mm -hmm. the exploration um which somewhat goes into the, the cable bullet you know um uh, design and, and what you put together there but talk a little bit about your career and how your career started and then and then how that got you to the point of you know designing a railing system hmm. um I had um, worked my way through college in construction. Okay, um, got to pay those tuition bills, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, got a degree, secondary education, biology and chemistry. So high school science teacher, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, taught for a couple years in Hawaii at a Christian school there, um, but Christian school salaries—you kind of have to supplement a little, right? So we're doing construction on the side uh, as well there. 
um, enjoyed the experience, loved teaching, but realized that um, the salary there, living in Hawaii, this was not a permanent long-term scenario. Um, so we came back to Indiana, and I thought, I also really like biology. Let's explore the medical field, right? Mm. Worked in an ER to get some experience to see if this was all right. Love science, love biology, do not like hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> so figured a career in medicine was not really a good plan. Um, so I'm kind of scratching my head thinking, well, now what? And I kept thinking, I, I really like construction. I, I, have, I keep coming back to this. Mm-hmm. I was doing construction on the side while I was working at the ER. It's like I, I keep doing this. So why not? Why not try it? I like it. I know I like it. So uh, January of 98, not a great time to start, you know, middle of winter. But, hey, we started a construction business, and I just hung out my shingle and started uh, remodeling um, and grew the business through remodeling and into um, new home construction um, and a few years in, oh, when would that been? Uh, eight, maybe, somewhere in there. So you'd had the business for about 10, 10 uh, years. Yeah, yeah, had the business for a while and did a project that called for cable railing. And it was a big project, um, a lot of detail to it. And what was available at the time was either extremely expensive or very cumbersome to order, very cumbersome to use, um, not particularly aesthetically pleasing. And I liked the concept, but thought, uh, you gotta be able to do this better. This, this is, there's gotta be a better way to do this, basically. Um, so at that point, I started tinkering around in the back of my garage and um, kind of the proverbial nights and weekends, trying stuff. Had a little end mill machine, started making stuff, see what would work, tested it, tried it again, refined it. Um, started going to some local machine shops to uh, have them make small batches for just jobs that I had going. Mm. Um, and then finally got to a point I thought, yeah, I think we've got something here. I think I think there's something here that'll that'll go. Wow. So that was. The... And you still had, uh, and you still have some of your home building. Um, mm-hmm. uh, work as well, right? Which mm-hmm. is called Inglenook. Inglenook, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been to your home, and it's beautifully designed. And mm-hmm. uh, and you've been uh, you've designed a tiny home that was on what? Which show was that on? Uh, that was HGTV's Tiny House. That's right. Big Living, I think it's called. Yeah. So um, okay. you know, you can you can check out the home building side of things as well. But it, but then the the cabling thing, you know, mm-hmm. it it became a. Uh, a thing unto um, its own. Mm-hmm. And uh, when did Cable Bullet, which wasn't called Cable Bullet at the time, when did that officially launch as like a business? What was that date? Do you remember? I'm, I I'm not real good with dates. Ish, 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 around. <laughs> I think it was April. It was late April 2015 or 16. Okay. And Chris, when did you enter the picture uh, and get engaged with the company, and you know he he uh, he was doing a bunch of tinkering in his garage to build mm-hmm. it, and then you began doing a bunch of you know running the business out of your garage. How did you get engaged in the company? So, um, I knew of Marla while I was a student at Grace. 
Uh, she was involved with Mukapa, I think it was. In fact, I think we were talking about her office was in this building for a yep. while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my wife, Christy, was doing her transition to teaching at Grace, and Marla sat on a, uh, I want to call it a review board, but that's not what it is. I think it was like a final project. Sure. And uh, for her teaching license, Marla happened to be there. We were looking for a rental at the time. Um, you happened to have one on 14th Street mm -hmm. that was open. That's right. mm -hmm. um, they rented it to somebody else because we took an extra two weeks, I think it was, because we were in between jobs. We weren't sure if we were going to be in the area, and uh, it was a hot commodity. But uh, we really liked the house. Uh, you don't hear any bitterness there. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it, uh, some tears at the time. But uh, we ended up, we liked the house so much that we decided to stick it out in our uh, current residence, save up, and then I think it was two years later, Dan designed and built our house. So... Um, I don't think I came on board with Capability. You had been tinkering on it for a few years. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I don't know how many years, but I know it was a few. We went to that one trade show in Chicago mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. to kind of, mm -hmm. mainly for me to get a feel for what was out there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was pretty informal at the time. Mm -hmm. And then um, after we launched mm -hmm. the business in 2016, um, we all pitched in, but all still had our full-time gigs mm. elsewhere. Yeah. So um, I was still at Sailrite uh, in Columbia City uh, doing their marketing work. And so it was nights and weekends for, I'm terrible with dates. I know it was like two years. Um, or you're just sort of doing it out of the, uh, on the margins, out of your home. I mean, it was a side business. It was a yeah. side gig. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And we, you redesigned the product, I think, once in mm -hmm. that, once or twice yeah. in that yeah. first year. And we took a, f a full year to work with a lot of local contractors. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan was tweaking the design based on feedback. We mm -hmm. didn't launch the website. I think it was the business started in 2015. The website launched in 2016. Okay. And mm -hmm. that slow start ended up being a really big blessing in disguise because I think we, mm -hmm. you ironed out a lot of the, uh, the kinks in that that year and so i think we had a much better start in 2016 mm -hmm. official start outside of mm -hmm. warsaw because of it so so when did you become then um a full-time employee of cable bullet and and when did you see you know sort of the i mean it's already a meteoric rise in a sense like 2016 to where we are today you know, five years later um when did you really see things kind of take off what was some of those moments you look back on on like wow god you really have something going here and either one of you can answer that question might be different for each of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh when would that have been sure i mean just when you're like we, we really have caught a tiger by the tail here this is this is a like we, we could make a living off of this we might actually employ people um you know where it's uh this is a this is a this is a real business mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember th the, it seemed like a, I guess from the beginning, it always felt like this had a lot of potential. So that, that part didn't, wasn't a surprise. It, it, there was what we call, um, I think it's in German, a makluke, basically a, a hole in the market, right? Yeah. It was like, there was, it was, it was clearly looking at the market, it was like, 
this should work. This this clearly has what it needs. There's this big hole. This fills it. This should work. Basically, it's it's there to be messed up <laughs> if we don't. Uh, so that wasn't, I guess that part wasn't. Uh, it was more working out all the little, you know, um, getting the manufacturing lined up, getting your supply chain right, getting the, the kinks worked out, getting the website built. It's, it's a thousand little steps. Mm. Like you can always see, yeah, we can get there. It's just a, a it's a lot of run running to get there. Well, and that's a great – I mean that right there is just a great point to sit on is like it's uh, it's having the vision, having an idea. Um, but oftentimes um, the real work is in the execution and the real success is in the thousand little things that it takes to get from uh, an idea here to, you know, product that gets put up at people's houses and in people's businesses. And I mean, I think sometimes uh, we have students here at Grace who are in entrepreneurship, right? Um, and they might have a great idea, but it's good to recognize that there are a thousand steps that have to take place that aren't always the most fun or easy, um, <laughs> but are the necessary ingredients. Um, the, the cable bullet itself, that's really cool to look at and see, but it's the thousand steps to get there. It did. It did take off pretty quickly. Like we consistently had trouble keeping up with demand. Um, so it felt like I remember it started selling, you know, first thousands of dollars yeah, a month yeah. and tens of thousands of dollars a month, pretty quickly. And it was like, okay, we're going back to our manufacturers pretty quickly, saying uh, we need more. Uh, we need yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, a lot of daily trips. Right. For a few seasons there, where it was. Yeah, going and picking off the machine what they had right. ready, bringing it back, boxing it up. It's um, amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have uh, Dan. I'm gonna have you really quick. I should have done this earlier, but I'm gonna have you actually explain what it is that you created. Um, and then Chris, I'll have you talk about the current state of the company. Like, what's it? What's it like now? Where are you at? Who? Who do you have? You know, kind of what's the company like? But tell us exactly. You know, what is cable bullet the core technology yes exactly okay um in that's a fancy way to say it core yeah. technology yes <laughs> uh all your cable railing that's out there you need some way of tightening the cable keeping it tight and adjusting it okay so the cable itself um will expand and contract a little bit and move and you have to be able to tighten it and you can't just tighten it by hand you can't just pull it tight. That won't work. It's steel. <laughs> um, most of the systems out there involve some sort of a turnbuckle. Um, imagine your old screen door with the diagonal rods and the, the bolt in the middle that turns them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a turnbuckle. So some of the systems use something like that. Some of them use a threaded rod with a nut on the back that, that pulls it through. Um, those have limitations. They tend to be bulky, not particularly beautiful. Um, so what we did, what we were looking for in this product was to create something that would be simple. So um, a lot of the systems out there, they have fixed end and flexible end and uh, tensioning ends, and they have lefts and rights and slopes and straights. And uh, it gets cumbersome to order, cumbersome to use and install because you're having to switch from one system to another. So we're, what we're really looking for here is something that would work to tighten cable, hold it tight, make it easy to retighten if you needed to, and would do it consistently across any application. Um, 
so that you could have one core product that you could use in a whole variety of ways. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like giving you the the ink to to draw with, right? You can you can create all kinds of things with it yes. because this works. Um, so the core technology then, the breakthrough was to use a, um, a little tiny set screw from the front that runs parallel to the cable and captures a little lobed washer that hangs down and it pushes against that and tightens it up from the front, uh, which is a little different than anyone else out there is doing it. Most of them tighten from the back or they're concentric, which means they don't work real well in sloped applications. So this allows you to come off to the side, tighten it up, and it's always accessible, but it's very discreet. Um, the same approach works for left side, right side, straight, sloped, doesn't matter. It, it works in every application. So. And you were able to get a patent on the technology as well, which is certainly a very valuable thing. And another one of those thousand steps. There was mm-hmm. probably a thousand steps to get the patent amidst the thousand <laughs> steps. Um, yep. So congratulations on, on that as well. Uh, Chris, give us a, a scope of the current company as it's uh, put together. How many employees do you have? You know, location, kind of who buys your product um, and, and how, how your company works and is set up right now. So we opted early on to do, and Dan alluded to this, all of our machining, uh, fabrication, just the manufacturing in general is done offsite. So we work in partnership with a number of local machine shops to make all of our products. Um, we do have some specialty components that come from the West Coast and a few tools that we have to import. But uh, for the most part, everything's made locally. And that's worked really well for us. Bit of a price concession there, but um, the quality, uh, the quality, the consistency, being able to drive 20 minutes and talk to the people that are working on the lines is uh, well worth the trade-off. Yeah. So. Uh, we're committed to that business model, which leaves us in a position where we're functioning as the um, the seller and the distributor. So we don't have a we sell direct, and we've identified that uh, installers, be they homeowners or contractors, professional builders, that's kind of our sweet spot in terms of customer base. So we sell direct, and then we do all of the uh, quality control. Um, the light kitting, you would call it, like some light assembly, and then shipping out of our location here in Warsaw. So, um, And your location here in Warsaw, you've been in for two years now, approximately? Or not quite? A little over a year. A little over a year. Yep. Okay. About a year. Yep. (laughs) Real close. And Dan, you designed that facility as well. Um, And it's it's beautiful if anybody wants to uh, check out just the facility itself. You know, it's Right next to um, Noah Noah, which I think is a real strategic location move. If I were if I were to choose, uh, I'd be having no some sushi there. every day, um, having a facility, and it's beautiful. And in the Gray Story magazine, you can see some of those photos as well, and it's it's uh, really neat. How many employees do you currently have? I want to say it's eighteen or nineteen. Um, I might be off. And I think we and I think we kind of counted up approximately half of those are Grace College grads, which, you know, if you uh, read the story, you'll see some of the first ones were Grace College grads and you've continued to. Or married to a Grace grad. Yeah. Yes. Or married to one or somehow there's a lot of overlap, which is really neat as well. Um, 
and we got you all engaged. Uh, thank you for generously helping us out with a facility that's about to open here in just a few days. The new Alpha it's a lot Dining. nicer than it was in 2004. That's right. Yeah, Alpha <laughs> Dining is going to look a little bit better than it did a couple years ago when you guys were here. But uh, as many know, we've done about a $5 million renovation and added on to Alpha. And one of the things we've added is an outdoor eating space. And um, we noticed that it called for railing, and we said, well, we, th we think we know some people. <laughs> um, and uh, you all generously contributed, and, um, and so the railing for the outside eating, which is really one of the first things you see, um, will be uh, cable bullet uh, railing. And so you've, uh, I think you've put the posts in, right? And today may be the day um, when we get the, the railing up. Is that correct? So you'll be over there and actually putting the product in. Um, and uh, those, uh, if anybody wants to see up close how it actually all works, the design you've put together, come check it out at Alpha. Um, so thank you so much for making that a reality for us. Um, students will be enjoying that. And uh, I think it's just really neat that we get to tell them your story as a part of it to say, hey, this is what a couple Grace College alums um, have done together um, and are making a difference in the world. Um, through their entrepreneurship, through their great ideas, through their great design, uh, and wow, go and do likewise. Um, so, so thank you. And I appreciate you being here today and sharing your story. Um, and uh, thank you for your generosity and connection to Grace over the years. And thanks to all of you for uh, listening to the Grace Story podcast. Music was produced and written by Dr. Wally Brath assistant professor of music here at Grace, and thanks to our co-producers, Rick and Chingas. And if you could share and like and post this wherever you find it from, we would be so appreciative. Until next time, live your best Grace story today.